0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sagebrush Wisdom. I wanted to quickly say that I'm sorry for the quick hiatus. Um, Over the 4th of July, it just felt kind of hard to schedule podcasts and make sure that I was getting them out on time and producing them well, Um, and I was traveling and fishing a little bit, so it made things kind of hard but I do have a lot of new podcasts coming out with a lot of really great guests, a lot of fun ideas, um, a lot of things that I feel like will be really fun and really good podcasts. Um, Besides that, I have a couple ideas for events. Um, One might be a fishing tournament here in Newport Harbor for Spotted Bay Bass. I'm trying to figure out the exact date for that um but it's probably going to be late august and then we're going to do a shotgun shooting tournament called the golden duck and that will probably be around thanksgiving but i wanted to kind of give you guys a heads up that that was coming down the pipeline and um should be really fun events all right here we go i hope you enjoy this episode all right. Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Sagebrush Wisdom. Today I have a very inspiring new friend, Mitski, and uh, she is currently a world record holder for a white sea bass that she shot earlier this year. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about spearfishing here in California, um, but to start things off she actually grew up in japan so we're gonna start our conversation today about how she started fishing how she started spear fishing, and uh how she got interested in all of this so mitsuki hello
1: hi nice to see you
0: yeah we're glad you're here <laughs> <laughs> um so can you tell me a little bit about uh growing up and when fishing became mm-hmm. something that you're interested in yes in general
1: uh that studied earlier cause, um, because because uh, i was born in japan right and my ha- my dad had a fishing boat since when i was a baby mm. like whole time in his life he's been fishing so mm. the first thing that he told me um as his daughter was fishing that's mm. so funny like i thought that he's gonna teach me something more like Girly and then you know cooking or something, Mm -hmm. but since when I was young, I don't know like I don't even remember when he took me to the fishing Mm -hmm. But we have a picture like of me a baby holding a fish already That's so so uh, fishing is like basically that whole time like he told me Catch and cook like Mm -hmm. he told me all like responsibility if you catch a fish you kill it by yourself in a humane way. Mm-hmm. And then those fish that I caught, I have to responsibly responsibly clean them like kill them Clean them and cook them mm-hmm. and then eat them like whole process.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. Um, what kind of fish? Were you catching at, at that age?
1: So when I was young all i could catch was you know anything that you can catch with sabiki that's mm-hmm. the easiest one mm-hmm. and it's small enough that i don't have to fight but like <laughs> it's still fun so like a uh, mackerels or horse mackerels mm-hmm. or like uh, parchies and stuff
0: yeah i always laugh because uh mackerel are often the size of our california trout you know uh, unless yeah, you catch yeah. a really big trout but mackerel fight pretty hard still, yeah. especially in that setting of a Sabiki mm-hmm. setup. It's fun. It's like, oh, I like you still get that rush that Yes, you yes
1: definitely. <laughs> so like when you catch fish, like when you feel it through the rod, mm-hmm. like it's exciting. It's yeah. so exciting. Oh like I'm fish on, fish on. Yep. Like me and my family, my mom and dad, like we are just like all getting excited together and like mm-hmm. oh, what did you catch? Yeah, it's like the happiest memory with my family.
0: So that's so cool. So you grew up close to the ocean? Uh,
1: yes, not far away, not right next to the ocean, but yes. Um, so my dad is a doctor, uh-huh. and then he, uh. He had a little like a uh, doctor's office in isolated island, so he was there like once a while. Mm. So I used to follow him mm. with him like to that to that clinic. I mm-hmm. think it's called like doctor's clinic. Yeah. And then like while I was staying the island, I just go to a pier by myself and fish, and then come back and then do catch and cook together.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Did you? Uh, there is some freshwater fishing in Japan. Uh yes, there is,
1: but. Particularly where I grew up, it's not that common because okay. um, uh, there's a lot of mountains. But well, the freshwater fishing is not uh, as common, mm-hmm. or like yeah, not as common as uh, ocean fishing it's in Japan. A bit I think it's more sport. It's more sport, and there's not much uh, access like mm. this. We don't have off-roading car like United States. Uh-huh. There's a lot of off-roading car. Yeah. Uh, but in Japan like we don't sell as much off-roading cars, so it's much harder to get to these uh, the rivers and in mm. places in the mountains
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did your dad ever tuna fish in Japan or would he go out like into the deep ocean or um, anything like that? Uh,
1: he, The place, we don't have tuna Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have that big, uh, big fish. Okay. But uh, the biggest that we go is maybe like a Red Sea bream. They can be like 20 pounds, not a 30 pound, but maybe like around 20, 25.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. That's, I, it's funny to me how the adventure of fishing normally is that inspiration that then leads you down a path, mm-hmm. which we're about to go on. Yes. Yeah it starts off with normally a young age and yeah. you're just having this initial feeling of loving what you're doing. Yes. And then years later, it all comes back and makes sense, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. It um, does. So from there, you said that you studied biology, um, as a student, yes. but not, not, um, wildlife biology. Exactly. Like not animals.
1: Yeah. I went to UCSD. Mm-hmm. In San Diego and then my major was biology more like a general biology and then I was mainly taking a lot of genetics and mm-hmm. um, and in virus like virus mm-hmm. biology mm-hmm. but uh, for the last year like final year I could choose any biology that I wanted to and mm-hmm. I was spearfishing already so I took my microbiology because uh-huh. it's a lot about um, viruses too so that was kind of related mm-hmm. So money microbiology and oceanography mm-hmm. and bigger
0: mountain biology that's awesome yeah. i was curious because you mentioned how you had all those pets back in japan yeah and i was like i wonder if you studied more of like animal biology uh-huh, at uh-huh. first because it sounds like you love animals i
1: thought about it i thought about yeah. becoming a vet too
0: that's awesome <laughs> but
1: um yeah i like i love anything with animals and in biologies mm-hmm. So when I'm diving too, like I am, like I feel like I'm just like being a biologist, like marine biologist in the water, try to uh, like observe their behavior and then mm-hmm. trying to uh, make sense in the way of the science.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I think that diving in general has a place where somebody enjoys just mm-hmm. being
2: there
1: mm-hmm.
0: before they even are hunting. In a way. Yeah. Because it's such a different place and it's such a different environment. Yes. You go into it knowing you're foreign versus when you go hunting on land, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. feel like you are the apex predator. Yeah, But in the water, all you can do at first is observe. Yes. You know, you have to take things slow and you honestly with the breathe ups and all that stuff, it's like. You have to even change the way you operate mm-hmm. to enter in mm-hmm. to the ocean, you know, which I think changes the way you experience it while you're diving because then you're watching things and observing and appreciating it, and then hopefully you get dinner, yeah <laughs> as well yeah
1: well, like uh, like you know, catching the fish is not always you know necessary when you're going diving like Mm -hmm. without catching a fish you still enjoy and you still like learn something every dive Mm -hmm. and then like you can feel like oh that was a good day
0: yeah yeah so what um brought you into the spearfishing world when did when did that start
1: uh it started about three and a half years ago it's Mm -hmm. not that long time ago actually Mm -hmm. like i'm probably still a newbie i have so much more things to learn which is a good part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, surprisingly, I used to be afraid of deep water. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I I was going to the pool, like pool classes, like lessons when I was a kid. Maybe like two or three years old. O- mm-hmm. old. And I was, uh, I was being too cocky at that time. I thought that I can uh, swim like in a deep pool and mm-hmm. I jumped in because my brothers were swimming in a deep pool <laughs> and i like I just half drowned it wasn't that bad it yeah. wasn't that bad I was like I was so shocked like I was being too cocky mm. <laughs> and, like <laughs> since that day I kind of have like you know like I won't be too cocky anymore in the water like you know mm. I I think I got a little traumatized because I was a little scared I've I don't really have things that I'm scared of in my life. Mm-hmm. But like at that time I like maybe first time like oh maybe nature can be scared. Mm-hmm. And and fr- since then until 20 22 or 21 years old I've never been to that water that is deeper than my height. Oh. Mm-hmm. But uh when I went to Malta when I I think that was uh 21 years old. I don't really remember but one of the summer I went to malta and then when i look down in the water it's so clear like i've Mm -hmm. never been to the ocean that is as clear as malta before yeah and oh my god i can see so many things moving but the stuff is not totally flat so like i cannot really see but i want to see i want to go see it and then i got a floaty and like (laughs) look down with a goggle. i was like so many life under there and then there was a buoy, is attached to the, a chain to the ground. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, if I'm holding onto that chain in the buoy, then, like, I won't drown, so it should be fine. Yeah. So, that time, just, like, well, I asked my friend to just watch me on the surface and then try to go down. And then once I went down, like, I thought that I'd be scared, but I wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the fear that I had was kind of, like, I just made it up by myself. Yeah. I just didn't do enough training. I, was, I wasn't I was in the uh, right mentality. Mm-hmm. And then like I was like, why was I so scared of this? And then when I get to the bottom, there's so many fish. Mm-hmm. And then they're so curious with me. And then they're looking into my face. I was like, oh my God, there's so many animals. Yeah. Like I love animals. <laughs> and then the earth is covered by water, like 70% yeah. of it. I was like, oh, wow, like I was re- like I was missing all the 75%, per- no, 70% mm-hmm. of the nature in this planet. I was like, I gotta yeah. get into it. Like I gotta go explore. That's so and cool. as soon as when <laughs> I came back to the United States, I was in a community college in Nokao. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't really have time or like I didn't, I wasn't ready to uh, get uh, get into another hobby. But as soon as I moved down to San Diego, mm. water is warm. Yeah. S- so many fishy people there yeah and then you guys have a lobster i love lobster so like uh once the lobster season started i promised myself like i'm gonna get into it
0: so you went from <laughs> being in your being in this pool when you're two years old yeah to then lobster diving at night yeah in san diego like
1: <laughs> it took a long time but like once i realized that was quick mm-hmm. like i gotta yeah. catch up all this yeah but uh, San Diego water is amazing, as you know. Like mm-hmm. you have lobsters, halibut, I see halibut, yeah. octopus. So the first season, to be honest, I couldn't catch anything. Yeah. Like I tried, <laughs> I I was just like saying my friends just like catch all these lobsters and then if they catch more than enough, then they give me some and then I get to mm-hmm. eat them. I Was like, it just, I don't know. Like that's the first time I did a catch and cook in Sandy, like in the United States, mm-hmm. and those friendship that I made mm. with these people I go dive and they catch and cook together, I felt a connection, something more than friends. Mm. Like, that's because I'm here in the United States by myself, my family is all, all in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, it's like, it makes me feel like I have a family here. Mm. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of like, warms my heart, and that's another reason that I think uh, it just kept me going back yeah. into the water with my friends.
0: Mm. I think that in general, the whole process of catch and cook yeah. and sharing a meal together yeah. is one of those things that it's really hard to not feel like family yes. if you're eating all yeah. together, you know? very and, true. Um, I love lobster diving. I think it's so, it's such a thrill, you yes. know, it. there's nothing like it, but to be able to enter into the unknown mm-hmm. the dark mm-hmm. you know in the middle of the night very true with three or four people that you have to really trust in yeah. that moment it, it it does provide like a certain friendship i think that isn't
1: trust like you yeah. have to trust each mm-hmm. other like beyond the level of just being a friend yeah like yeah. if something happened to you it's gonna be them that's gonna save your life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Vice versa, if somebody something happened to them, they're trusting you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, yeah, like that's that. I think that's the reason why regular hunting is same too. If you're in the nature, is mm-hmm. like you can get injured, and then they're gonna have to save your life. Mm-hmm. Vice versa, but I think that's kind of like common to a lot of like hunting friends, mm-hmm. fa- hunting friendship mm-hmm. that involves into hunting. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's a special. Emotional connection that you share, yeah, with, with those people. Yeah, um, I think that all my closest friends end up being my hunting and fishing friends. Mm. I think because they, you also experience the emotional highs and lows. Yeah, true. Of you experience victory together, yeah. and you also experience, yeah. the low of, yeah we didn't get what we wanted to. You have to plan
1: (laughs) together and then you have to be a team. Like, Mm -hmm. you know how to be safe. You have to be a really good team and then do teamwork together and catch something, get the victory together and share the victory together. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yes, it's very true. My closest hunting friend became my husband. So, uh, you're very true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Plus he's a fantastic cook. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's a great cook. He, he is my mentor mm-hmm. so the first day that i saw him like saw him dive we met on the boat like we are both invited onto that boat mm-hmm. uh through the common friends mm-hmm. joy thank you joy <laughs> and then the first day that i met him and i saw him dive he got like three Y C sea bass mm-hmm. that time i've never showed anything other than oppo eye <laughs> and like i was like um i don't know you all but can you please be my mentor like Mm -hmm. i didn't beg but like i really really like asked him like can you please be my mentor yeah and then he's a great cook too yeah and he's a great teacher like Mm -hmm. he's very patient and this i think it's it's basically him who got me to this level like Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. that i can
0: it seems like he puts in a lot of time in the water yeah. and has done that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And so um his tactics and strategy and all sorts of things like yes. um he he definitely knows a different layer to what he's doing than a lot of other divers. You yes. know, which I think is awesome, but you're quickly catching up to that, it Uh, seems. uh, Like, Uh,
1: like the common thing, me and him, is, like, I think uh, in a daily life, we both share a lot, like, sportsmanship Mm -hmm. mentality. Mm -hmm. So before diving, well, for Matt, before diving, he was uh, doing the water polo competitively. Mm -hmm. So, like, he has, like, good strategy of uh, analyzing the failure and, like, mm, Reasonably, not reasonably, like analyze the failure and sort out what the the solution is mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a very practical way, like efficient way, not just like blaming on something else and
2: mm-hmm. not
1: try to change or something. Yeah. And the same to me. I I was a horseback rider, a short jumping horseback rider, mm-hmm. competitively, and that was like my whole life. Like before I started studying, go back to studying i was a horse trainer and i was in competition like every weekend so like
2: mm-hmm.
1: i have that same mentality and then me and him can share the same mentality and then trying to be better together mm-hmm. in the same strategy that's yeah. like oh wow like it, i think that's why we we decided to get married
0: it's funny because i think sometimes in relationships with a significant other yeah you'll be falling asleep, thinking about how you're going to go fishing the next day. And I could see you guys being, like, both, like, up at night, being like, okay, we need to do this yeah. and this and this. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, you know, uh, it's so funny you said, oh, we falling to sleep, thinking about spe- uh, fishing the next day. It's kind of, like, it's same, but opposite, we stay up all night thinking about <laughs> how you're going to go spearfish. Exactly. <laughs> <It's, laughs> we're just the same.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you started diving... A lot more once you met Matt or were you diving do you dive two or three times a week or what your... I
1: I since I started diving I was diving like three or four times a week mm-hmm. while I was going to university like diving in the morning or on mm-hmm. the weekend or after the school I was going diving like really hard like really really often
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
1: then right now it's just as often as I used to dive. I think it's the same uh, same frequency. Yeah. But it's it's ocean, so if the conditions not good, I'm not gonna go dive like a whole week. Mm-hmm. But um, this week I already dove three times. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. if the conditions good, I try to go dive as much as possible.
0: Right. Yeah. We'll get into the blue water stuff in a second. But what I like about you and Matt is that you do the reef diving oh, yes. a lot and yeah. do that well. So I mean, not only are you the record world record holder for the white sea bass and it's for calico. women. I have a That's calico what too. I was gonna say is <laughs> yeah. calico. And I was gonna mention what's funny about the calico, it is I really do think that shooting calico is harder than a lot of other fish. Very true. You Very know? true. So um if you can be a successful calico Hunter, yeah. Then it bleeds into all those other fish uh-huh. that you will be hunting later on. Yeah.
1: Yes, like in order to be able to share like a big calico, like big calicos are mm-hmm. uh, they're smart yeah. and then they know human and then they know when to run away. Mm-hmm. In order to be able to hunt a um, big calico, like collie calico, you need to know their behavior. Mm -hmm. Their behavior, what they're thinking, what they're going to do, where they like, how to approach. So uh, it's like how much you understand this particular species. If Mm -hmm. you can do that to calico, you can do that to other species. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same for a lot of other good... No, I don't think I'm a good diver like other divers, but um, I have a different strategy for each species.
0: Mm. I like that. I like that idea a lot because... What we used to do a lot when mm-hmm. we were beginning is we would jump in the water yeah. and you swim around. Yeah. And you're just looking for fish yeah. and you start thinking, why am I not seeing fish? Yeah. And if you really think about it, it would be the essential it would be the same as essentially walking through a forest in a circle yeah. and just like tromping on all of the leaves and the branches and you're yes. making a lot of disturbance, right? And plus, like, especially if if it was land, it's like your scent is being all around yes. and everything. And yeah. so with calico, which I'm learning more from now the rod and reel side of mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. is that calico really like, especially the big calico, are going to be in one area. Yes. And they're going to be doing one thing. Yeah. And so when I dive now, I think more of a rod and reel fisherman mm-hmm. of where... Would I fish mm-hmm. from a boat for that one fish? Yeah. Versus swimming all the way around the reef, mm-hmm. just kind of, oh, I didn't see any big ones. Yeah. You know, or something. Yeah.
1: You have to know like uh, where in this like reef mm-hmm. that big one's gonna be. Mm-hmm. And it's very true. Like my strategy for the calico is uh, I think, well, like knowing, understanding this particular reef and then finding a good spot is is definitely important but when i dive into the reef like i don't know it's so difficult like Mm -hmm. i i land it with my body and i do it like with my body so when i try to phrase it into the word, it gets so difficult Mm -hmm. but i will try so (laughs) i think uh the only chance that you have for the big calico is the first dive that you approach to this particular spot of the Mm -hmm. kelp. so because they're they're very smart once they see human and run away and go into the the rocks and the stuff yeah. they're not gonna come out like next 30 minutes of, yeah. or one hour is the rest of the day or two mm-hmm. days so like okay like dive down see big calico they run away and then you breathe up but you dive down again you're not gonna see big calicos anymore mm-hmm. so the strategies that i do all the time is like well, look into the calf it seems like this particular spot seems like it's gonna hold a big calico i go on the edge of the kelp Uh, Which is open water side over the edge of the kelp Mm -hmm. and then dive down right next to the kelp and then look into that Like dive down like as quiet as possible Mm -hmm. And then I try to get to this like free fall state or like neutral neutrally buoyant state Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as I get to the state, I just pretend like I'm dead Like I just don't move like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and just don't make any movement until I just reach my gun so that fishes are gonna be like, What is that thing floating? Like, mm-hmm. I've never seen that thing floating. And that look like it's dead, like I don't think it's alive and just like get curious and curious mm-hmm. and then give me more time to just pick and then choose one right one.
0: Yeah. That's so that's so fascinating because I I do think a lot of people think I need to chase the fish. Yeah. But what spear fishermen often know is that if you don't chase the fish, will actually be curious yeah, to you, yeah. Come up to you, and so if you're even kicking really hard, yeah, then that's creating a lot of disturbance, yes. But yes, if, like you said, you're just acting, yeah, still. I, I, I have to think that you know, humans have some sort of like lateral line type sending energy off or whatever, but yeah. if you're just not moving, yeah, then you really don't have lines yeah, you know like true. you really don't have that kind of disturbance in the water yeah and so yeah it's, i i th- i really like that as uh, somebody who spear fishes you have this ability to find success in these mm-hmm. places because it's not it's not easy mm-hmm even like you're saying in california or southern california it's like the water's murky half the time yes it's not easy diving yeah
1: it's kind of can be cold and yeah. then there's a uh, really hard summer clients mm-hmm. some climb actually you know when you get to the below the summer climb, it gets cold and mm-hmm. then your muscles starting to get shrink yeah. it's hard to relax in a state like that it's, it's difficult it took me a lot of time and also, like, every dive, like, I just think how c- I can make, mm-hmm. it, I can make it better or, like, what I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, I asked a lot of people to dive with me and then teach me. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard when you're diving with people, like, it's so hard for them to teach you verbally in the water because, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. in the water. Yeah, And then sometimes you're wearing a, not sometimes, you're wearing a wetsuit. So you can't hear too. Yeah. So all I can do is just watch them, like Mm. just watch them. And like every movement that they do, I just try to think why they do that, Mm. why they do that. And then just try to reason it and then do the exactly same thing. So Mm. when I'm asking people to teach me, I try not to bring any of my style. Like I just don't, when they're teaching me, I don't hold on to my own style. I just Mm -hmm. try to copy the person as much as possible. But when you can do that, and you started to sing what they see, which Mm -hmm. is different from what I see. And then when you get to that point, you start putting like your own um, style into it. Yeah, it's like
0: you take a portion of what they showed you, and then you have your own... Yeah. You're trying to probably meld together those two styles. Yeah. But because we're still slow learners it's like it becomes a new st- your style is uh-huh. adapting and growing uh-huh. and i think in any situation which is why i like talking about some of these stories of people's success uh-huh. is normally you'll say one little thing that then to somebody else they'll remember that the next time they they dive and they'll dive differently uh-huh. you know or they'll do one other thing a little bit differently and that could be the moment success is found Mm -hmm. you know
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um do you do you do a lot of breath work outside of the water or mostly is it because you dive so frequently
1: um i think i should but i don't really Uh maybe i'm just too lazy to do that i i do dive really frequently Uh so uh um but last summer i was back in japan for like three months i didn't dive three months that Mm -hmm. time i uh i tried to do some breath work Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. not as as professional way Mm -hmm. or just like you know lay on the bed before i go to bed i just try to um hold my breath like Mm -hmm. breathe in breathe out really slow and hold hold the breath Mm -hmm. um as long as possible once mm-hmm. a while but i don't do it regularly though but what i do is i have a the dive watch that i can see my heart rate yeah like while i'm breathing i try to lower my heart rate mm-hmm. in my control yeah it's just like you know for fun
0: that's actually one of my favorite feelings in breath uh, in diving yeah is feeling my heart actually drop yeah while i'm sitting on top of the water yeah it's like at first i'm really bad I'm, I'm not a good diver but at first i'll be sitting on the water mm-hmm. and i'm just trying to do the right br- you know breathing mm-hmm. but my heart is still yeah probably going crazy yeah and then probably after about like five or six drops mm-hmm. then i'll feel like
1: so you started getting the the water reflex i think mm-hmm. that that's how it's called
0: yep. yeah yeah but-
1: and when you're in the water you can feel your own hurt much easier. You can mm-hmm. like almost hear it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, That's that'd cool. be cool. Yeah.
0: So, um, you do a lot of reef diving. Are calico your favorite fish to get off of a reef, or, do, are, I mean, normally white sea bass season is only a certain part of the yeah. year. Yeah. But when you're diving as frequently as possible, is is calico your favorite to eat, or do you have another favorite? fish to eat to eat
1: well too I love calico like I think hmm, what shall I say yeah you're right I think calico is my favorite fish to eat and also hunt mm, because white mm-hmm. sea bass like I it is really hard you have to put time into it and then this and that but um yeah white bass is hard too but somehow like calico they're I think I feel like they're smarter than YC bass. Like mm-hmm. they they know human better and I really have to try hard and I, like I gotta play with them. Play with them mm-hmm. while I know that they see me and I have to I don't know how to say um has to win that negotiation mm-hmm. or like <laughs> yeah. like the waiting game like you know they're waiting like they're trying to time when they're gonna run away from me mm-hmm. and i'm trying to time when i'm gonna shoot yeah and then like i know <laughs> that they're thinking when to leave and then like like i i like they know that mm-hmm. like i when i'm trying to catch that guy uh-huh. but why Sebas bass is like when every Y C Sebas bass that i shot i shot like five this year uh-huh all of them, like, didn't even see me. Yeah. So, like, uh, they was... And then as soon as I see them, within two seconds, I just, like, pull the trigger. Yeah. And, like, they have no idea that I was there. Right. That is very rewarding because it's a big fish. But in terms of, like, negotiation mm-hmm. or, like, you know, trying to read each other's mind, I think Calico is more tricky.
0: Yeah. So, I've, I... Last year, maybe... Uh, no two years ago i actually was really in the mindset to go after white sea bass Uh and i went to pv a lot and we were diving around here a lot and i just really wanted to find a white sea yeah but like you're saying um with white sea bass i think or at least i think is what you're saying is a lot of times it's you get lucky yes they're there when you're dropping in mm-hmm. and it's more of a s- statistics game of how many yeah. drops you're yeah. going to do yeah. and you how often to... you get to go spearfishing yeah, into the you water. Find them, yes. You know? But a lot of the skill and I, and I, and I'm not saying it doesn't take skill, Yeah, but a lot of the skill is also met mm-hmm. with the timing if the fish is gonna be there yes it's definitely
1: if you're diving a right leaf um at the right time of the sea like at right at hmm? at the right time of the day Mm -hmm. right time of the season or like more like you have to put enough effort that you can like luck can come up come up to you Mm -hmm. it is definitely um a skill as well mm-hmm. because until this year i've never seen a yc bus yeah so my skill wasn't there to even see a yc bus i was going diving as often as possible yeah like but like i didn't even see it mm-hmm. and then you know matt gave me like whole instruction through the year yeah. and then in the winter too like he told me like when i'm spittle doing spittle on b- at the bottom my fins are up that's why i don't see anything put the fins down mm. and like put the shoulder like release the tension on the shoulder and then trying to just like relax mm-hmm. and then my breath hold just like became from one minute to a minute sorry mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. i see a lot more fashion. and this year when the season is on i was like Dude, like we see us everywhere what? <laughs> like we see us on the top in the bottom in the middle I'm like <laughs> well i've never seen this all <laughs> yeah
0: that's isn't that funny that our fins are what, four feet behind us or something. And it's so easy to forget. Yeah, definitely. They might be sticking straight up. Yeah. You know, and um, obviously that does not look natural to the reef. (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. (laughs) No matter if they're camouflaged or clear or anything. Uh Uh, So I really want, like I said, I really want to talk about your big white sea bass. Yes. But I also don't really like in storytelling. Uh Uh-huh the I guess focus of just like your biggest fish tell me about it but I feel like the the story of you and white sea bass yeah especially this year of like the accomplishment of you getting you said five this year yeah I feel like I want to give you the freedom to tell the tell your story Mm -hmm. of white sea bass Mm -hmm. hunting Mm -hmm. and uh you can obviously include the day of that you got the big fish and yeah. how that happened. But I've often learned, and I guess this is what I'm getting at, is sometimes that big fish that you might catch, yeah. whether it's you or me or whatever, was actually your easiest hunt, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like the smaller fish or your first white sea bass mm-hmm. or something else that maybe it was like, no, this is actually the story I want to tell because... yeah um you know it could be like your work your first white sea bass that meant the most versus like the biggest one well biggest one definitely meant the yeah. most for sure
1: the first one i was just lucky like i was about to give up well you know like i've been diving with man like every time I we go dive he gets 65 pounder and i even see anything yeah. and then he comes <laughs> up to the show and I'm like dude i saw like five of them i was like i'm not doing this anymore <laughs> Uh, like we started that season like that and then like I was, we used still keep going and then this one time the same thing happened like i i got skunked after like four five hours in the water mm-hmm. and then matt has like a 65 pounder and I'm, like i'm going back to the shore but like he was still like swimming along the kelp because so, like i was waiting for him at the like shallower kelp uh-huh I don't like just white sea bass swim right, right underneath yeah. me. So like I shot that. Like I think in nature, I feel like nature finally gave me yeah. an allowance. Okay, like poor Mitsuki, I can give you one. Yeah, but-
0: yeah. So in general though, and I don't know how many people talk about this. Yeah. And I don't, hopefully I'm not going to get flack for revealing some big secret, yeah. but white sea bass come into the sand to spawn. Uh, so, into
1: the kelp like shallow
0: kelp so they hide in the kelp but then they sp- they spawn on sand bottoms mm-hmm. like in six feet deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when you're saying like you're waiting for matt like, yeah right there yeah
1: that was a big female so uh yeah. not not the big sorry that was a uh, like prego, like fully prego. Mm-hmm. so uh mm-hmm. probably it was trying to spawn
0: yeah it, i i just don't what i'm i guess saying is if people are diving for s- white sea bass yeah don't Unload your gun. Oh when no no you're no no! Yes. The well,
1: and then they know that when you unload yeah. the gun, yeah. and then they can feel that, and then that's the time they just swim up to you, like when you yeah. give up, and like they they just show up themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear that a lot, like you know. I just unloaded a gun. I was, like, about to enter the soft line to go back, and then mm-hmm. they just see the YC bass. Yeah. But uh, they can be uh, on the shallow side for sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, every everybody has different strategy. Yeah. Like, some people just flow on the top. Some people like to go through the kelp, and then some people just, like, stay on the bottom. I see them in every level of the water mm-hmm. column. But the, each level that they have stri- different Behavior when they are on the top, they are very slow and then Mm -hmm. they're like kind of resting. But if they are in the middle, that they are swimming. Mm -hmm. And then if it's in the shallow, they are more relaxed. They are not like swimming fast. They're more relaxed. Shallow, I say like six feet, seven feet, Mm -hmm. like less than ten feet. Adapt places. I think they are more in the bottom to the mid column. But um. When you go outside of the kelp, they're usually swimming a little bit faster. Like mm-hmm. they're going somewhere.
0: Yeah. But
1: it's just like, you know, that's on the way of the traffic, you get to see a lot too. But when you're diving on the edge of the kelp, maybe you better being in a mid column to the bottom because it's deeper, you get to see mm-hmm. it better. You want, you can see a lot more, you can cover a lot more area when you're looking up from the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. But those places, you have to be ready. uh, you have to be ready. Like you have to be able to aim and shoot fast. Yeah. Because they keep swimming, and then when they keep swimming, exposing themselves, we're more, they are more um a lot. So when they see you, they just take off. So fast. Right. Right. Yeah. The
0: one time, well, I've seen them a couple times, but the one time I saw them in the kelp. It was like. I saw one kind of looking at me straight yeah, on. I was like, yeah. what is that? And then I moved, and it just bolted. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. like, and you can hear uh, you can hear it. Yeah, you can everything. feel it, and yeah. all the
1: kelps around that fish, where the fish were, like, kelps just moved. Yeah. Yeah, with all this power. It's so cool. The one that, the 73 pounder, uh, the world record one, mm-hmm. the detail, detail of the story is, you know, like, I wrote it on IESA, and then I wrote it for Spearfishing Magazine, too, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can read on that. <laughs> um, but uh that was epic though, because I was shooting it or it's not that hard. So I was a little inside of the outer edge of the kelp mm-hmm. and then I saw this like perfect spot. Like, oh I should see a oh, YCBS here. Like I knew it. Mm-hmm. Not I knew it, like I shouldn't say it, but like I was like, you know, maybe this is a bit It's a good spot part, for it. Yeah. yeah. And then like the fish just like came up from where I thought that they're gonna come up, mm-hmm. and they just entering the kelp, this particular spot or cove, or,
0: uh huh. So were you sitting in that spot for a while, knowing it was a good, yes, spot? Okay. Yes,
1: I was like particularly like aiming, not aiming, but like focusing to this particular spot mm-hmm. or, like really area of the kelp, and then it just like right on it, like the big fish it just came up, not came up. It was entering from from just about right top nose no what should i say top right okay. corner
2: uh-huh.
1: and then just right at me and like try not to move um uh, be quiet as possible and predict where they're gonna go predict where they're gonna go where she is gonna go and then just swing the gun to the pro- predicted pass uh-huh. as minimum distance as possible and then when the fish is there, just, uh, press the trigger, uh-huh. hold the trigger, and the right timing. So uh, shooting it, I think the strategy worked, and then I got to the fish, uh-huh. very lucky, and also like, yeah, I got to the fish. But after shooting it, though, because I had a real gun, that was a mistake.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: then I know some people uh, recommended me to use a float line, but I felt like you know float line kind of tangles in the calf once in a while, mm-hmm. so I didn't really like it. And I, I used to have this thinking, like, you know, maybe fish can see the float line and I'm going to scare the fish off. So I used to, I was diving with the reel, and when, after I in it, the fish didn't die straight away. Mm-hmm. It just took off so, so hard, yeah. so hard. Then also it turned, but there was so much calf, I couldn't turn the gun to feed the reel the line yeah. straight from the reel which makes it um very tight. tangled yeah, yeah. it yeah. makes it tangle oh uh, or lock like yeah. It's yeah just like didn't feed the line anymore fish started to drag me and a gun gun enemy in mm-hmm. the water and then the fish was swimming into into deeper the kelp mm-hmm. so the kelp gets thicker and thicker and in this particular place that i was diving it's like ridiculously thick kelp uh-huh. so as the fish dragged me through the kelp, well, of course, I'm in the water, under the water, so I can't breathe. Yeah. And then the kelp started to stuck on my body, and then my body doesn't go forward anymore. Uh-huh. And then I realized, like, this is super dangerous. Like, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be, like, holding onto the gun like like this. Like, I had to let my gun go, mm. and I have to breathe. But when I was thinking that, the fish eventually took my... um, The kelp that was around my body took my mask off. Oh, and wow. then. Well, I thought the mask was going off I was like fuck and then well sorry for that oh that's fine
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and sorry mom um, then I was uh, biting the mouthpiece so so hard uh, really hard so that the mask doesn't fall off completely mm. but fish are pulling me fish was pulling me so hard the mouthpiece ripped
0: no way and I was like oh, oh no. my god
1: and then like I I, I managed to grab my mask. But, like, no, like, this is it. I have to give up everything. But before I let my gun go, I, I grabbed all the kelp, like, right next to me and tangled around my reel oh, and wow. the gun so that it hopefully stops by itself or help the fish to stop yeah. and then, like, make the fish to make a big turn and tangle itself mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. the kelp forest. Then it stops. I did it. Um, I mean, tangled it. I mean, mm. I put the cap around the gun let it go surface i was about to cry but i put my mask <laughs> on and tried to look into the water all i saw was like the gun just disappearing into the cap. i was Aww. like oh no but like i wanted to to chase it but i can't breathe anymore it's not safe but i knew um i had an extra snorkel in the car So like what am i gonna do like i'm just gonna go back and like get the new snorkel I did like I will really like get to the shore as soon as possible and then run up the hill and then get back to the car run down and then get back into the water with a new snorkel and and (laughs) then I was like oh my god oh my god it's like (laughs) I couldn't think of anything else other than just like go back and find like it's okay I can lose the fish but I cannot lose a gun I'm a student I'm a student so it's like I don't have like money to buy a new gun anymore (laughs) I was like this is not gonna happen and like I go back it was obvious where the fish is i mean mm. like i thought it's gonna be hard because it's very murky like not very murky but it was murky day mm-hmm. so like uh, how am i gonna be able to find it like i have to write like swimming up to it like right in front of me to be able to find it but uh, thank you sharks the uh surfing sharks oh uh-huh. there was uh, such a big shark aggre- aggregation like it was so many Uh in that spot and all these sharks are going to the same directions and i was thinking it must be my fish like they're eating my fish uh so like every dive i see sharks swimming to the same direction so i just like follow them every time follow them maybe like within 10 or 15 dive like i saw i found the fish before Mm. i find the gun I, i saw the fish and i was like and then there's uh, sharks around it and biting its tail. Like um, where the yeah. tail starts, the thick part, uh, the, the shark is biting that part. And then the fish is trying to fight off with the shark. Uh-huh. So the fish is still alive.
2: Yeah. And then
1: all the meat were intact. I was like, no, like no sharks. Like you're not going to take a chunk off of it. Yeah. Like I want every pound. Yeah, like yeah. I need every pound. <laughs> and I pull my knife from the, 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 the bell and then trying to poke that, poke that. <laughs>
0: The sharks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sharks away from the fish. At least they go stay away from the fish for a little while. Uh-huh. And then breathe up, I find my gun. But, like, the next step was, like, I just really needed to, surf, like, bring that fish to the surface. It's mm-hmm. tangled around the kelp on the bottom. So I needed to cut the kelp. I bring the fish and I cut the kelp, like, as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So I just, every dive, I try to be as efficient as possible. Then one dive. Kill next dive, like kill just in case one more time, and then cut the kill. Maybe like in four times, Mm. four dive I could bring that fish to the surface. Mm -hmm. And the whole time every dive, the fish is it's not charging me, just sucking around me, and it come up and then like see me and stay away and stuff. I just like every time when I'm doing things in the water, just like keep eyes on the fish. (laughs) It's it's not your food, it's my food. Yeah. (laughs) It was a it was very hard.
0: So were you diving alone that day?
1: Uh I was diving with my with two other people, mm-hmm. and then um one of the girls she's she's more newbie, and then she was doing her stuff and then there was another guy he's very much more experienced. Mm-hmm. I think he was diving different area like I should be doing like buddy dive mm-hmm. but why see yeah, yeah, some people particularly for y c bass. If too many people diving in the same spot, like they're just not gonna come mm-hmm. close to it. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people like to have their own spot and then walk work the area by yeah. themselves. Yeah. So the whole time, um nobody saw me that I was going after <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in trouble. Think, like, yeah.
0: If somebody, I saw them like get out of the water. Cause yeah. I, I mean, we dive a little bit like that. Yeah. I'm just like trying to keep eyes on, like, okay, they're over there, and they're yeah. over there. But yeah. at least I know where they are. Yeah. And there's been a couple times when I'm like, uh, where are they? Like, yeah. I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah. Obviously, in kelp Forest, it's hard because realistically, you probably yeah. only have a snorkel mm-hmm. st- popping up. But one time, I shot a halibut and. It was while my brother and my friend were swimming out Uh to start diving. Uh And I shot a halibut. And then it was like 15 minutes later, I was like still trying to get all Uh, the lines untangled and everything. And so there are times where I think people are like, what is going on? Yeah. (laughs) Like
1: who's there? Like, you know, come up to you and then like at least help you or something. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying like, you know, nobody helped me this and that. Like I'm grateful. Like, you know, I'm glad nobody helped me because ended up being my world record. Yeah. So if somebody helped, like if somebody even hold a gun for you, Mm -hmm. you're disqualified. Like if somebody, um, hold a, a shooting line for you, it's disqualified. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm kind of glad that like I did it all by myself and it's more rewarding, too. Mm-hmm. But like in a case like that, you shouldn't really be dealing dangerous situation by yourself for sure. Like,
0: yeah,
1: I I had a few mistakes that day, like I had to fix a lot of things. I learned a lot of things from that experience uh-huh. since that day. No Float more real. Yeah. <laughs> like I can use real, but I always have a flaw on my real gun, too. Yeah. For lying line, the cup all the time. Then I saw like a lot more fish. Mm -hmm. uh in the same season so uh, i think fault line doesn't really scare the fish Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. and then you should be able to dive like with the buddies and if something happening to you and you should ask for help you know i should have asked my buddy like find a buddy and Mm -hmm. asked for the help yeah yeah
0: yeah um so you got the fish out of the kelp you brought it on shore yeah and then you had to walk it up the hill to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: you know, I, I should not be cocky, but I was, like, I was so happy. Yeah. I was, like, I I went to the shore, and, then, like, I just, like, stood there and then waved <laughs> a hand to my buddy, just, like, come back in, look what I got. And there was another, like, uh, fisherman people. Like, uh-huh. it's a very popular spot for the shore dive. Uh, not, not shore that shore fishermen. Yeah. And I just, like, all of them come up to me, and i like, what did you just catch <laughs> yeah. what is that it was right here i can't believe yeah i was like yeah like well for sure it was my pb fish so mm-hmm. like it talked with them and then now like i have a happy problem that i cannot just bring it to up to the hill by myself like mm-hmm. i tried i put in my dive bag and then yeah. i i couldn't put the dive bark on my back so i jogged it on the ground oh, i did man. it like a half away but i couldn't do it anymore and then one of my one it was funny one of my buddy he went back into the water after seeing my fish
0: he was like i'm I'm. yeah i'm going keep back diving. to yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> i'm going back and like you know gonna catch another fish oh not another fish sorry like the big one because
0: it's yeah. there yeah
1: so, like, uh, I kind of had to do it, had to do it, deal with it by myself at the halfway. Like, I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> so, uh, this, um, my friend, um, John, he he's a very muscular guy, and he lives right up the hill. So, I was uh-huh. like, I just called him. I'm like, can you please help? Yeah. And then he came down <laughs> from the house, and then he pulled it on the back, like, back of his shoulder. And i like, oh, dude, this is, like, 75 pounder. I was like, yeah. are you serious? That can be a hard record. And I just... He walked up That's um, cool. the rest of the hill for me.
0: That's awesome. So it's interesting because Matt has a couple world records, yeah. Right, and yeah. then is he the one that encouraged you to start looking up what the world records of certain fish?
1: Um, it's it's actually not. It's like until I shot that white bass, I didn't even think about world record.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I looked up the world record before because I like reading what they write and mm-hmm. like you know it's just like really wonders like what is the biggest fish like yeah. it's being caught and then which women or which men and then look up their instagram and then how they do like are like am i ever going to be able to dive with them and like you know learn something from them
2: mm-hmm.
1: but um i'm still not like you know particularly going for world record that mm-hmm. would be very mm-hmm. uh very uh rewarding if i can yeah. get the world record but Spearfishing is not something like you can get a world record if you're going for it. Like mm-hmm. it just you just have to be lucky. Calico, yeah. I was just lucky. White shooting part of it, like I was just lucky. Mm-hmm. But like um, like when I my family is really like results oriented, mm-hmm. they don't really value. It's okay. Like it's it doesn't bother me or anything. Like, they need a number or they need evidence that, you, that you're you doing really good. Uh-huh. But when I brought that news to, to my mom, like, they don't like me spearfishing because mm. it's grey great white shark. Yeah. And then, you know, every year, you know, somebody dies, like, really yeah. sad news and stuff. Yeah. And then, like, they're very worried because I'm alone in this country by myself. So something happened, they can't help me. That's mm-hmm. another... A very understandable. But, like, you know, I found a husband through spearfishing community. And then I got two world records then like i have friends they can Mm -hmm. see that too and then my family was really really happy about it so uh, that's awesome like okay like maybe i can give them another happy news
0: do you know who had the women's world record for white sea bass before you uh
1: i i think it's a kelsey
0: Kelsey, is yeah. she down here as well? Are you friends I've, with her or? Uh,
1: I've seen her once. I've never talked to her. I've seen her once, at the PCC, mm. um, in the Senko, the competition, like mm-hmm. a Senko uh, spearfishing competition, and then I saw her doing so good. Like she, uh-huh. she, she, is like a, such a killer. I was like, at that time, I was so newbie. Like I couldn't even. it's just like? i couldn't <laughs> even catch anything uh-huh. but, like i was just like seeing everybody catch like big fish and then kelsey she is like very famous she she's been diving for so long she doesn't live in the united states anymore mm. but um like she has wafu record and a yc bus record and then uh the cod mm, um, like ling cod or um... uh like pa- paul luck paul luck cod oh. uh one of the cod world okay. record too and then I hear a lot of her stories, like she's like um like regionally as a woman in a specific community uh-huh. in Sokal. And I'm like I yeah. I I saw her Instagram. She's very professional, like mm-hmm. she's not that level, just catch fish, just shoot fish. She's that level, like where the shop placement matters. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like as efficient as possible, as close to the kill shot. So uh, I do really respect her that's awesome yeah. but like skill wise i'm not that hard level like yeah. i was that's what i'm saying like i'm not that expert experienced uh-huh. that's what i'm saying i'm just lucky because that's mostly know? fishy though, yeah in <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, she's really great though
0: i i do uh value you as somebody who spear fishes but also it does seem like you have a couple friends who are girls that also spearfish yeah yeah and i think what's so interesting is i mean spearfishing in general down here is pretty isolating mm-hmm. you know once mm-hmm. you're in the community mm-hmm. you kind of know oh i know that person i know that person yeah
1: like, like everybody knows each other for but sure with
0: women it's even more so yeah uh a, a small community and it seems like you've also done a really good job at being a great advocate for women's spearfishing fishing. That's uh
1: thank you for saying that. It makes me very happy because that's another thing I'm like paying attention a lot mm-hmm. because everybody says that like these years this past few years so much more women getting into this community. Mm-hmm. And I'm like you know some men doesn't like that, some men likes that. Some mm-hmm. men is not really supportive, some men is very really supportive. And I like you know there's not such a one ideology for this sport. Like, everybody has have their own ideologies, like, mm-hmm. you know. And it's fine. But what I'm trying to is, like, I'm trying to be a good um, example in a women's spearfishing community to just, like, mm, how to learn or, like, respect others Mm -hmm. or well, you catch fish and then you also have to know how to cook take care of it Mm -hmm. and like i'm just trying to be a good example like female diver example like i'm not that perfect yet i know that Mm -hmm. but i'm doing my best so that like you know not every man would be like oh like it's a girl so like she just want to take a picture with a fish.
0: Right. I, I think, and I could be wrong, but my impression of you and Matt together yeah. going after these fish and lobster and all that stuff is what's really cool is I don't necessarily feel like it, but you might feel like this, but me looking in from the outside, mm-hmm. I feel like you pull your own weight. Like you get fish too, and it's not like a, um, you're not doing it halfway, mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm. like with the tuna, yeah. you know, it's like you train for it and you put in the work and you're like yeah. going after it yeah. and setting that good example as a woman to say like, yeah, like I go out lobster diving just as much as Matt does mm-hmm. and I go out at night and I'm cold and I do all this stuff. Yeah. If I can do it, you can do it too.
1: Yeah. Well, definitely. I want to be, thank you. Like if I can load the tuna gun by myself, you can load the tuna gun by yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if I can, um, you know, not be competitive, but like, if you're like, some girls say like, I'm not good. Like I can't catch fish because I'm a girl. Like, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, you're small. Of course, you're weaker than men. I'm weaker than men.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, like, the gun power might be weaker, but you can catch fish, too. Like, yeah. there's always a way. And if I can do it, you can do it, too. Uh-huh. Like, I want to uh, I want to be able to inspire some, you know, women in this community. Mm-hmm. Like, just keep going. Like, keep believing. Keep practicing. Mm-hmm. I know, like, a lot of times we can get skunked and then it's fine.
2: Yeah.
1: But, like... Uh, I hope that, like, what I do is encouraging some other di- female diver to getting mm-hmm. into the water more.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I I really love, like I said, the encouragement that you and Matt both bring to the sport of spearfishing. Mm-hmm. And I do think a lot of that is it's all full circle. It's, like, the love of diving all mm-hmm. the way to the love of food mm-hmm. and you guys preparing these, like, elaborate dinners yeah with, you know if I were to choose to have like a tuna dinner with somebody yeah, yeah I feel like I would choose to go over to you know to your guys' house mm-hmm. and have food that Matt yeah. prepares and I'm sure you do yeah as well but it's like just looking at the food that you guys present mm-hmm. is this like beautiful representation of not just you know shooting a fish and pan frying it and mm-hmm. calling it mm-hmm. good it's like you guys put in all this work mm-hmm. and then you normally feed your friends too with yeah it, it yeah. looks like it
1: we do like a friend's dinner a lot uh-huh. and i like those people are usually like spearfishing friends yeah and like he He loves doing a dry edging fish, mm-hmm. and i uh, like I was very impressed when he was doing it because yeah. it's such a like Japanese way, and like mm. you know Japanese people they care so much how the fish is being harvested yeah. killed, and then the process after it's been killed mm-hmm. like is it mm-hmm. etched it's not etched, or like how is it being like stored in the fridge like what is the temperature in the fridge? is it cold enough or it's yeah. not yeah and uh, like. Matt is like really into it like he mm. is really into the quality of fish how to enjoy it yeah um perfectly not perfectly like really well i think it's like just palm frying it and then eating it i don't say it's a bad thing but like it's kind of like a respect our way of the respect to what we mm. what we harvested from the nature to enjoy yeah. and then fully yeah. like enjoy it with ourselves and then with the friends uh-huh to um, utilize it in the best way possible yeah and then just by by doing dry aging or trying to create a new recipe it's it's so much fun it's for me it's so much fun and then for matt it's also like a fun and then we can do it together mm-hmm. and then that way um, well, our relationship is better yeah. uh, we have better memory than just like pan frying and eating it yeah. so
0: yeah that's so cool i i I really want to try. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah,
1: (laughs) we do it a lot. Well, well, you know, now we have a lot of tuna, so let's do a tuna night. That would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. I,
0: I, I care a lot about the food Mm -hmm. and and the food preparation. Mm -hmm. That you know, if I am gonna go hunting and get duck, or I go and get fish, it's like I want that fish to be the best quality possible mm-hmm. you know if somebody doesn't like a food yeah even or they're intimidated by trying something mm-hmm. I'm like I wanted to I want to prepare it in a way that it invites more people into mm-hmm. this sustainable yeah kind of lifestyle
2: yeah
0: and um it, it it's just really cool when you go value the animal that you harvested yes. by making it to the best yeah culinary ability that you have yeah. and that I feel like honors the fish yeah you know, I'm not necessarily versed as much in like yeah. the s- sushi art but I'm trying it's mm-hmm. like one of those things that I'm always trying to get like a little bit better mm-hmm. and we haven't gotten our pelagic fish this year but we got the like ikajime yeah. uh Method uh-huh. so that
1: the spine thingy,
0: uh huh. So when you kill a fish, it's keeping the meat yeah. at a certain quality and a lot longer. Yes. so it's like you don't have to freeze it. And from what I've heard, it's like mm-hmm. night and day different than. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know catching very... a fish bringing it in your boat and just letting it sit there. yeah yeah
1: the rig- um, it, it affects like how fast the rigor is set mm-hmm. and it all, also affects how much lactic acid that yeah. releases and then yeah yeah you're very right
0: I, what i think is so interesting about japan is it is a very big fishing culture yeah, it is but it's so different from america but it's like the slow pitch jigging for tuna Mm -hmm. is coming from japan and now everybody Mm. in on the west coast is using slow pitch jigging for Mm -hmm. tuna Mm -hmm. and it's this whole japanese culture of yeah we've been doing this for a long time (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) that's i really respect that part of the part of my culture like the japanese culture Mm -hmm. of of course i mean i like these things mm, I have culture, Japanese culture that I don't really like. I like the fishing is one of them like I I love, like I really Mm -hmm. love about it because they respect each fish that's been killed. Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
1: I think it's coming from this mentality. I'm not that religious, but I think it's coming from the mentality like Japanese people think that we have got to each species, each animals, each nature. Water has water, water god. Mountain has mm-hmm. mountains god. Fish has fish god. So mm-hmm. like, and then we are supposed not supposed to. We have to respect each fish mm-hmm. or like everything that that is around, like surrounding you. And then before you eat a food, we say itadakimasu. It's we are saying thank you to the the animal that died for us animal mm-hmm. or plants anything that died for for us to keep us alive and also like paying the respect saying thank you to people who pre- pre- prepared food for you mm-hmm. and then after eating it we say go to we're saying that again like you enjoyed it and mm-hmm. then you can get to live another day so it's not just like kill and eat and delicious like kill mm-hmm. eat delicious and say thank you and then you you should be responsible for your own life like you're living because other animals died for you and other people working for you Mm -hmm. and then you're responsible to utilize it in the best way possible yeah
0: yeah i love that i you know i know that this is going to sound strange but in that way of harvesting an animal Mm -hmm. i do really try to participate in Mm -hmm. that attitude the whole time it's like and I know that that to some people sounds so weird it's like you shoot a duck that's flying out of the sky mm. and but and normally you watch it die like in your hand yeah you know, or something yes and then all of a sudden n- normally the first thing that I feel is thankfulness mm-hmm. like thank you for giving me your life uh-huh. and now what I'm gonna try to do like I said is make this the best possible meal that I can, you know, which I think every hunter, if something goes wrong and they Uh lose that animal, Uh they're so distraught. Mm. It's like a part of them died with Mm. the fish that they lost, you know, or something like that. It's like definitely not the goal, but there's this honor and respect that I think, um, I'm trying to work that into the hunting culture. Mm -hmm. Not just, like, a big, like, we have a full freezer and Mm. this is great and Mm. we had such a successful day. But it's, like, the whole honoring system of saying, like, I love this animal. Like, I love this nature. I don't want it to stop. Mm -hmm. So I will also become a protector of this just as much as I'm engaging in harvesting animals as well. Um, But I actually don't feel like those normally can be separated Mm -hmm. it's like to be a protector you have to be engaged
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and to be engaged you have to kind of be a protector of it you know it's like
1: yes i think you have that mentality because you love animal mm -hmm. like you have puppy yeah (laughs) uh he loves you and like you know i can see from your milo Mm
2: -hmm. like
1: you're taking care of milo really really good Mm -hmm. like you know the animals really shows how the owner has been taking care of the animal and this and that i can see you love animal and i think you have that hunting mentality that you really care nature and each animal that you harvest because you respect them too Mm -hmm. it's not like oh i got this animal i killed this animal i'm better than these animals like Mm -hmm. look what look what i can do like look i'm strong it's not like that it's Mm -hmm. more like you you respect them you don't forget to respect the nature you don't forget to respect the animal and then be sustainable at the same time Mm -hmm. and then i think i think it's it's very uh it's very right i mean i have the same mentality too i like fish i like just watching them too and Mm -hmm. like i like to if the sheephead number is going down like i'm totally down to not shoot sheephead anymore Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, if people don't feel comfortable with is you know out of spear fishermen's like f- harvesting sheep hair too much like no I won't do it like mm-hmm. if it's gonna protect the environment yeah. I can give up doing something to protect the species because mm-hmm. you harvest them but you also care about them mm-hmm. so I think like it's so right. like what you just said right now is just like so right and mm-hmm. then but if people too many people are just like Harvesting animal from nature to just have fun and then, like forget about respect. I think that's how this particular species and stuff just going to extinct mm-hmm. yeah. and the balance goes off.
0: Yeah, it's uh, one of those things that I feel like the tuna is like the f- the final picture of like sustainable fishing, especially mm-hmm. in like Southern California, mm-hmm. because like as we as we participate in this massive pelagic fish yeah. and how it's been overfished and everything, we, in the last five, six, seven years, have seen like a big resurgence of mm-hmm. the bluefin tuna here yes. in uh, Southern California. And so as that has happened, I don't think most people thought really about spearfishing Bluefin tuna, and then quickly, like you get into the sport, and it's like, well, they're here, so Uh we might as well like get after it. Yeah. So you're saying, um, you started spearfishing about three and a half years ago. Yes. Quickly after that, it sounds like you started thinking about one day maybe. Of course. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Of course. Like it's a tuna. Like yeah, I love tuna. Like just I Mm -hmm. think in the reef fish. Uh, calico is my most favorite eating fish mm-hmm. but like you know fish in general dude I love tuna like yeah. oh it's so good then like it's also surprising it's big it makes me feel like you know my level got to be like where I can shoot tuna like it's of course like I want tuna mm-hmm. and I started thinking it as soon as I started diving but um, because I was in this uh sportsmanship like horseback riding competitively Mm -hmm. so i knew like i wasn't that level yet Mm -hmm. maybe like if i'm at the right spot right timing with the right team i could have shot tuna by myself
2: Mm -hmm.
1: on the first year and then some people do that i don't say it's a bad thing but for me like i enjoy the step that i like you know um i i gain skills mm-hmm. i understand nature understand the animal and then go to the next level like step by step mm-hmm. and take well, i have a long life ahead of me so yeah. uh, <laughs> just step by step and then be safe mm-hmm. um for this big game fish like even white sea if your if your gear is not right if your skill is not right if your uh knowledge is not right it can be very dangerous mm-hmm. and then those little mistakes it's in the water so it can quickly go to death like yeah. from the mistake to the death is so quick mm-hmm. and then well i am responsible for my life here i'm by myself here this country so like i cannot just die like i cannot mm-hmm. so um so i wanted it but i didn't even try like i wasn't even on tuna charters or tuna dives with my friends until this year Mm because this year finally I feel like like my skill got to that point that I can safely shoot and then recover and then take care of it Mm -hmm. all by myself like safely
0: yeah that's like my biggest fear with spearfishing for tuna is like maybe not taking the shot Mm -hmm. exactly like if you get lucky and something swims by it mm-hmm. 20 feet deep and it's all going right mm-hmm. that is awesome yeah. but as soon as something goes wrong yep. which it can even if the shot is great and it was easy mm-hmm. something can go wrong so quickly
1: like why right, the bungee tango around you and if you started to drag your body like mm-hmm. deep into to the water with so much right. power yeah. so
0: i i appreciate and this might be an interesting thing to say, too, but um, there's a certain complex with men, you know, in general, mm-hmm. that is like, "I will conquer this you mm-hmm. know and so tuna fishing from a male perspective mm-hmm. seems like this is the pinnacle of
1: spear fishing of
0: a man, you yeah. know, and then for women, especially your side
1: it's the same too, like if <laughs> yeah. I, it's like. Uh, like the top species in mm-hmm. United States, yeah. not United States, are in Soko at least for yeah. sure. And then I'm very, um, I don't know. I'm very tomboy. Like I, I'm not a man, but I really understand what you're saying. Cause I feel mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah. Uh, you're
0: like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm yeah. going to overcome. But I, I think in some general sense, you do approach it in this I don't want to say safety way, mm-hmm. but you you do need to approach it in a feminine way too, because mm-hmm. it's like you are a female diving, you yeah. know. And I think that there's a lot to learn f- in both aspects. Yes, um, I have a friend who is great at spearfishing for bluefin, mm-hmm. and he just punches it. He like pure power of will. Oh yeah, just goes down and shoots bluefin. Yeah, you know. But if you tried that method- I, I can't do that <laughs> yeah. because, you
1: know, like, it starts from, like, from the gun, I, I'm not as powerful. Look, I'm um, I'm five one feet, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty considered skinny. <laughs> I don't have that much muscle. Yeah. So, like, even start from choosing the gun, I cannot just, like, choose the same thing mm-hmm. as, like, other men's doing, mm-hmm. and I have to think about the recoil. And i have to think about like how many bands that i can pull like how how powerful that i can load the mm-hmm. Tuna gun too or, like i want to load by myself so like mm-hmm. i have an invalid loader gun because i can load so many bands like and i have a lot of power without being too big of the gun or like like i can load weak ones so many of them and it still has this recoil like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i needed to think all of that too and i also the kicking too i don't have much power and i'm kind of small too so like i cannot just like punch through everything with my own power like Mm i have to think and i have no like i need to know the efficient way possible that i can shoot tuna Mm -hmm. myself too and yeah you're very right like i because my just i cannot do everything with my own power like I have to practice mm-hmm. like that's what that's another reason that I didn't just go dive for tuna in the first year I practiced mm-hmm. diving without breathing up yeah. like trying to because tuna dive like as soon as the captain see the tuna then they tell you to dive in like you have to jump in and then mm-hmm. dive in, almost without like any breathing up yeah and then you have to have like enough time so that you can punch below the first group, like, first top layer of the tuna. Mm -hmm. Like, you go below it and then see, like, middle or the bottom of this whole skulls because that's where the quality fish are usually at Mm -hmm. and also has to be able to wait long enough that you can pick a right one. Mm -hmm. And then it's a tuna gun. It's big. You need a kind of, like, muscle to to maneuver and aim and then shoot, like, whole process. Yeah. So the first place like I didn't think I can do what like I can do things in the way every man does Mm -hmm. and there's not that many female divers that like I can just copy
0: yeah like yeah
1: I I learned my diving spearfishing from men so I copied them but of course I like at the end of the day like after I copied them I modify it in my way that I can do
0: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this summer, was it the on the Fusaki trip that you? Yes. That was your first tuna. Yeah. Trip. Yeah. In general.
1: Yeah, it was my first time. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: So you went out there out of San Diego a month ago.
1: Um. Two weeks like, ago. No, no, no! Like three weeks ago.
0: Three weeks. Oh, that was a very okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was the last month. Uh, it was in June, so okay. it's like three weeks ago. Uh huh.
0: And um, so can you tell me a little bit about that day? Yes. And uh, how how that day went.
1: Well, can I talk about like it started before that day? Cause yeah, like it was it. study yeah. from the tuna gun. Yeah. Okay. Like you know, well. I liked, I don't like asking people to load my gun in the first place. Uh-huh. And like, okay, I need a tuna gun. Well, Matt had a tuna gun, the Mr. Joint Invalid Loller, 130 centimeter um, tuna gun that uh-huh. he doesn't use anymore. Like, he has another tuna gun. So, like, he told me that I can use that gun. Mm-hmm. But I tried to load it, but it's too, too tough to load for sure. Yeah. So, uh, we uh, we re-rigged. So, we got new bands, and then mm-hmm. we re-rigged. We re-rigged um like to the max power that i can load mm-hmm. and we put like two three kicker bands so like it took it took a lot of uh preparing for sure because it's mm-hmm. an invalid loader it and you have a to time.
0: learn how to r- how to r- how to Rig. load it all oh, up it. when you're going, oh yeah you know it's like
1: it's a very complicated gun. yeah <laughs> but like, uh, i've been using invalid loader a lot so like uh, it's just a big it's the same mechanism but just mm-hmm. a big so it wasn't a big of a deal but when i had a invalid lola for the first time in my life that was a lot of work to get used to but mm-hmm. once you get used to it, it's fine mm-hmm. so uh like well, it takes a long time to re-rig and then matt is also a person who taught me how to take care of the gun how to re- rig the gun like like oh, thank you matt i mean <laughs> <laughs> then like while we are rigging and then he just tells me like you're supposed to do this okay fish tuna is swimming so fast so you cannot just aim the middle of the body yeah because by the time the shaft get to the fish fish moved yeah. to a little forward so you have to aim at the tip of the nose depends on how far the fish are sometimes you have to aim even farther like yeah. even before the tip of the nose and yeah in that.
0: i feel like for and also like if you're not used to seeing them a lot of people's first dive yeah. is like i saw a bunch of like small tuna mm-hmm. or whatever is what they say mm-hmm. and then they re- also then realized that that fish was just farther away yeah. than what they thought it yeah was. yes so it oh, was yeah. like a big fish it also but... affects
1: uh, how clear the water is mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. like so many things that can be different yeah <laughs> so many different scenarios i think matt told me every possible scenarios and it taught me how i'm supposed to do that's great but like you know even though like you premeditate so many times before you go dive or like once you're in the water, like mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't go the way that you thought it's going to go. But like, it's very important to know at least, you know what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And also I saw so many, uh, uh, tuna spearfishing YouTube mm-hmm. videos, like, Oh, uh, YouTube videos. It's so like, it's, we call it YouTube university. If you want to learn yeah. something, it's, everything is on it. Yeah. And I saw like every tuna dive, like tuna shooting videos, to actually like visualize what i'm gonna see like mm-hmm. imagine what i'm gonna see and like just like trying to mimic how they do the hands like i just do the hands like, yeah. while watching the youtube <laughs> okay fine i saw a bunch of a uh, kinetic spearfishing youtube video too mm-hmm. he had they have a uh, a lot of uh, spearfishing tuna videos so, like yeah. i just saw everything <laughs> and then on the same day also Christos like he gave me every tip like he just like sat me down on the side of the boat and you're supposed to do this like I'm gonna tell you this and then I'm gonna tell you go you're supposed to dive into the water as soon as possible don't even look up and then try to look my face or anything just keep down like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, concentrate on what I say as soon as um, I say go dive and then you dive as soon as possible Mm -hmm. There's won't be enough time to breathe up you're breathing up like, while you're sitting on the side of the boat, like, that's the time. Mm-hmm. Calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes close your eyes. <laughs> like, okay. Yes. Yes. And, like, I just try to do everything, like, you know, they told me. Because mm-hmm. I'm a newbie for Tuna Dive. Yeah. I don't know what to do. So all I can do is listen to them. Trust them. Mm-hmm. Listen to them. And then, it it went perfect. I also had the Ricky, my friend, at a mm-hmm. So when you jump into the water you don't have time to do uh the bungees and the float by yourself yeah. you need a person that can throw toss the bungee them toss yep. them out too and then hand and they the have to sometimes. make sure that
0: it's not tangling yes yes all sorts of stuff
1: so like it's not like all my cats yes. like it's mm-hmm. because of Matt, because of uh, crystals Saki, yeah and because of ricky and then all of these people are like you know like do a hundred percent for me so that i can get a tuna mm-hmm. like they can put me on the first tuna
0: uh-huh was matt filming on his gopro when you were because you there's two videos yeah. one is your gopro yeah of you shooting it yeah but one was also on the boat third person i thought that there's one video of you actually diving yeah. down yeah yeah and um shooting the fish
1: and a fish goes up to the uh-huh. surface and yeah. jump and then someone's filming.
0: yeah,
1: uh so a uh, well Matt helped me a lot, but he he got sick oh, on the no. boat, <laughs> so I couldn't really dive. He got one tuna that day though, but like I uh, couldn't really dive so like mm. that time when I got a tuna, I jumped in by myself uh-huh. and I dived by myself and I shot it by myself uh-huh. but um well like we we saw the the boiler right? and then i jumped uh crystal told me to jump in and then didn't jump right away i was like wait 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 like for the right timing yeah and like he goes no dive 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 like (laughs) 30 feet 40 feet i just like just breathe in and then dive punch in and as calm as possible and then maybe like five feet when i dive down i started saying like tuna going left to right, this and that Mm. it was funny they weren't going only one direction they were going like crossing each other mm-hmm. like they're mm-hmm. about to change their own directions and then i passed down the first um first score of it and then probably i went like 40 feet i couldn't go any deeper than that but i fo- got 40 feet and then start to be a uh, horizontal mm-hmm. and i like the gun is still tucked down trying to choose the one uh one swim like really close to you mm-hmm. and then I just like I was just thinking like everything that Crystal Cinema told me pick the one that slows down for you Mm. pick the one that slows down for you and pick the one that is curious Mm. and then predict where they're gonna go and aim at the nose like aim at where they're gonna go and I did it um because it was my first time too I I missed the time to actually shoot it so I needed to track it a little bit Uh a little bit I still tried to shoot um where the nose are, mm-hmm. and then I shot it, and then it uh it's a gill, yeah, yeah it yeah. actually shot it behind the gill, uh-huh. and then that's where the artery is, so yeah. it was I was also so lucky that because it hit the artery, it started bleeding right away, mm-hmm. bleeding right away, and then I saw it, yeah. but the fish got so spooked it started to shoot like Go. top to the surface, <laughs> and I saw it, I was like,' oh, what the like the hell is going up. I thought it's gonna go down, yeah. but it's They're actually going go up. Down. Yeah, go down and then you know, the drag the the flow or yeah. like you know the flow uh, underneath the surface, and it's uh, that's what I was expecting to yeah. see. it was like, "What? It's swimming up!" Oh, uh, and then I don't see it anymore. Oh, like it jumped off like surface, so funny. and then and then I saw, I heard everything. I saw everything. I heard everything. It's oh my god! It just like <laughs> dive up and then landed on the surface and then finally started to swim downwards mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my god, I have never seen this. It was so cool. And but, I surfaced it and then the guys on the boat was like, ooh like he was yeah. so happy to see. I was like, Yes, I plugged one
0: <laughs> Yeah. So with you shooting it in the artery, did it fight for a long time or it
1: was- Uh It did uh it did not fight too hard. Mm-hmm. So when you well so after shooting it, it dives down like I don't see the fish anymore. Yeah. And then the buoy just like started to run. Um, yeah. Then I'm just like chasing the buoy. Or if you, it didn't run too too far away. I mm-hmm. could just chase the buoy. And then when I was, once the fish stopped swimming downward mm-hmm. or swimming in general, then you started to pull the shooting line. Mm-hmm. Not shooting line, sorry. The bungee. The bungee, yeah. yeah. To get it close to the surface, but every time when I like pull maybe like five or six times, like, um, with my like my arm length, then it started dive again, Mm. and then like it gives up a while later, and then started pull a lot more, Mm. and then I did that a couple times, and then, yeah, that particular fish, the one that I shot next, it woke up and it started running so hard again Uh, and this and that, but that one oh uh, when i brought it to the surface it was like almost done like it was mm-hmm. bleeding a lot and it almost done so i got the uh the q shotgun mm-hmm. um the gun that doesn't have a flopper it's yeah. just a q shot to yeah. punch through and then i dive down that time ricky got into the water too to sh- you know record my q shot
0: i think that's what i was talking about I i saw some video where you're diving yeah. and it's Someone is recording me water. dive. Yeah.
1: Oh, and that's a Ricky. Okay. Ricky got the, the GoPro and, like, it was recording me put the kill shot mm-hmm. on that fish. And I think I did it right. Like, I put the kill shot in the brain and then it just completely gone. That's like, stopped awesome. moving. So it was very efficient. And then I did the whole process, shooting, get into the water, and then shoot the fish, bring the fish up, and put the kill shot and bring it back to the boat. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I did that all by myself. It was really good practice. Just in case, if I shoot a world record, oh, then yeah. I know what to do.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So this tuna you shot two that day was the first one or second one bigger?
1: Uh, what do you mean?
0: You shot you shot two tuna that yeah. day, right? Yeah. Which one was the biggest?
1: That one I recorded. The f- that's the that's the, the, the bigger one. one. Yeah, the first one was the bigger one. So cool. Yeah. I it was I was so happy. It was not the car. It was like a. Like, high 60 or 70-pound tuna, Mm -hmm. but, like, the rewarding was so much. I was like, oh, Uh, my goodness, look at this, finally. I I mean,
0: that's such an interesting thing, I think, with the tuna in general is everybody's talking about how, like, great the bluefin is and everything and, you know, potentially, like, 300-pounders are coming out this year or whatever. But a 60-pound bluefin tuna is still like an angry yeah. powerful fish yes, yes. and it's more it's still like that most people can't eat uh-huh, by uh-huh. themselves anyways so for sure
1: <laughs> that's another thing about spearfishing it doesn't matter what species are the size doesn't matter of course you shoot if you shoot a big bigger one
2: uh-huh. it's
1: it's more rewarding probably but it doesn't mean that like smaller fish means nothing right. like it still like it still like made me so happy just like oh my god like also like i can't do that by myself you know i can't drive the ball and uh, get Mm -hmm. into the water like all by myself like it's a teamwork people who teach me people who drove the ball the captain and the deckhand and everybody Mm -hmm. so uh and also the happiness that we share together is just like priceless
0: i love and the final part of that is that it was a wedding gift yes for you and yes matt. i, th- I didn't
1: know that you, they're they're keeping it secret from that's me that's so cool yes because <laughs> um i think because uh, matt didn't want it to stress me out like i'm the kind of person that takes things too responsibly mm-hmm. like i feel too much responsibility so he didn't tell me at the end of the day that's actually a, like wedding gift.
0: That's awesome. Like, Aw. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: oh my my friend's wedding knows me. That was the best like
0: gift I've ever received. That's I, awesome. Uh, that's so cool. Yeah. I I'm excited to see how stories like that are retold years and years and years it later. will be it yeah. will be my
1: child will know about it for sure yeah and then yeah my my family got to know about it too and they're like they're so happy so cool yes that's awesome yeah.
0: Well, mitsuki it's been so fun talking to you definitely. and i'm so thankful that you brought me some tuna No, those, <laughs>
1: yeah. thank you enjoy and then yeah. we, we will definitely do a tuna night for sure Perfect. so let's Perfect. do it
0: i'm thankful that I know you guys and even through this like more and more but uh, Matt has been like a huge inspiration and now I know like you're stepping into that as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. but you guys do such a good job at being great advocates for mm-hmm. spear fishing in Southern California and mm-hmm just keep it up just uh, thank you so much i I
1: do my best like i won't stop for sure like i will be keep going i promise perfect yeah and then i i do my best to to be able to be the the good example Mm -hmm. the role model yeah so uh yes thank you well thank
0: you thank you so much uh, thanks for being on yes
1: for sure let's go let's go spearfishing together someday for sure thank
0: Thank you. you bye